Welcome to the Barry Sack Show. Thanks for joining me. I'm Barry Cockroft and I'll be hosting this podcast with guest saxophonists from around the world. We'll be exploring the stories behind these great musicians with telling insights into how they got started and the ongoing development of their careers. Thanks for being here on this adventure and please subscribe for a new episode each week. The details of each podcast, including a transcript, the show notes and any links can be found at barrysax.com. After graduating from Hanover University of Music and Drama, German saxophonist Sebastian Potmeyer continued his studies in Bordeaux, France, in the prestigious class of Marie-Bernadette Charrier and Jean-Marie Londex. He has appeared at several World Saxophone Congresses, including performances with the International Saxophone Ensemble. Since 2003, Sebastian has taught at the University of Music in Cologne, Germany. Sebastian has built a significant career in chamber music, for 15 years, he has been a founding member of Alliage Quintet, one of the most creative and successful ensembles in Europe. A consummate musician with significant tours and broadcasts, Sebastian has recorded a dozen chamber music albums and continues to perform throughout the world. Please welcome my guest today, Sebastian Potmeyer. Sebastian, I'd love to know a little bit about how you got started on the saxophone. I started saxophone playing in my hometown Krefeld, which is in Germany and near to Düsseldorf and Cologne, Köln, uh, in 1980, <laughs> a long time ago, <laughs> with my, with a very nice and enthusiastical teacher, Laszlo Demeter. This time he came from, he immigrants from Hungary to Germany. And he was full of uh, energy and musical ideas. He likes to spend and to give to us children, to his pupils. And he built up a very nice, very big class uh, over the next 40 years in clarinet and saxophone pupils. So this was my first contact and I look back on a very good, uh, with good, very good and nice memories. Was he a saxophone specialist? He was, uh, actually he was a clarinet and saxophone. He was, I think he was more a clarinet player, which was, uh, he fell in love with the saxophone. So he was, um, he became more and more a, a specialist in, in saxophone. It's more what he, gave to us was more more musical ideas and not so the thinking of an instrument that w what he gave us to listen what we should listen were more uh, string players <laughs> yeah violin and uh, cello and i i maybe i played the first uh, my first concert without uh, having Heard a saxophone played by a professional saxophone player or a, a recording. Do you think the idea of listening first to music as opposed to a particular instrument, do you think that's a way of learning that's still valid today? Yeah, that's, um, depends on the teacher and the pupil. Everybody's so different. You have to find out a good way to to communicate with the, with the person 
and what do you want to give and what do you want to what the person want to get and then both can be developed so it could be different but i think the in first there's a, the music is first i remember working with a pianist once <laughs> and i was playing a piece that started off softly for the saxophone and i started playing and he stopped me and he's like but it's supposed to be soft And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, it's a saxophone and it's some low notes and it's a bit loud down yeah. there. No, 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 no. The music, it says to play soft. Yeah. And I've noticed sometimes other instrumentalists, non-saxophone players, make no compromise. They always put the music first and they ignore any any technical difficulty because they're just trying to get the best out of the music that, that they can. And I guess that's an advantage of listening to different instruments because... We don't know the technical difficulties, perhaps, and therefore all we can listen to is the musical aspects. You have to be sure that a saxophone is never a violin <laughs> and never a voice. So each instrument is so different and independent that maybe a piano of the saxophone in a very low register, you have to play it a little louder than, than you could play it on the violin. Otherwise, you have to follow the musical idea, so you have to bring two both sides together, you have to combine. So if it's just a more noisy note, <laughs> then uh, the, the real note, the real character of the note, not only it's not only the dynamic, it's also the character and the sound. If it's more a, a, a piano sound, a very soft sound, And if it's a little, it sounds a little louder, I prefer that than a note very noisy, but very, very soft. And um, there's no quality in, in tone. From your student days, is there a, one piece of advice you could pass on to other students who are perhaps starting out? Don't take yourself uh, so important. <laughs> <laughs> the important is not you, it's the music. All right. Do you think it's different to be a student now than a few years ago when you were starting out? Yes, I feel, especially I can talk about the, what's happened in Germany. Um, the situation for music students is different than 20 years ago or 30 years ago or 40 years ago. So very, very different. Young people, the school, the education changed. And also the education Uh, the point of view the, of the education of the government changed and the interest from the government in culture changed and this, uh, maybe the, the whole country changed and the culture and music became more and more behind something else. The people have, the pupil, we, we, they have to go uh, in the day, they have to go longer to school They have less afternoon. They have a lot of, most of them, they have a lot of different, uh, we call hobbies. They make sports. They do what they want. Then they have to, to do music. And uh, of course, everything is fine. But you have for all, all these uh, things that they do, they need time and they need to concentrate on things and if you do many things it's difficult 
especially in music schools, when they start playing, they um, they started more in groups, not more in one-to-one teaching. And for them, especially for the saxophonists, they came to the university or conservatorium. When they start the studies, they think they they will be very famous and playing like solist or same or I don't know what, but the reality is that they, the most of them, they don't become a very famous soloist. And when you look worldwide, I don't know if there's somebody is just living like a soloist. Maybe it's not. So the soloists, we, we knew they are all teaching, I think, uh, more or less. Um, so you have to to explain and to discuss with the with those pupils students what they want to do after in this moment in germany i think there is a lot i think uh, chamber music would be a good idea um but the teaching when you ask them the teaching this uh, the group that that want to teach this is raw they said that they accept to teach after studies But it's not the first choice. <laughs> But in life, we know at first they will teach. And the next problem is there are not enough jobs for teaching. And there are many pupils, students from other countries coming to Germany. So you have to think about what you have, what you want to do, and if it's realistic. There is some competition then for the, the teaching jobs that exist. Yeah. That means opportunities really have to be won. For example, in the uh, in the saxophone class in Cologne, in the, all the students of uh, Daniel Gauthier, for example, they are very good people from around the world. There are a lot of Spanish people, for example, also from other people there. The most of them are not from Germany, right? But they are the most of them also. They want to st to stay in in Germany, especially in Cologne. So imagine what they all this good saxophone players, what they can do in Cologne. <laughs> you have a private music school in, on this side, on this hand, they are all teachers from uh, from everywhere uh, teaching. This is very good, but you know, there's uh, some, there will be the moment where uh, nobody needs a teacher for, for saxophone. <laughs> they have to go other, other ways and to look for what they want to do after. Now, we first met more than 20 years ago. Yeah. I believe in 1996. Mm. Now, you and I both chose to do something that was similar in a sense. We chose to leave our home country, move to another country, and, and study not only uh, with some specialist teachers, but also study in a different language. Now, <laughs> what drew you to move to another country and to really accept those challenges? What inspired you to go and study in France? This was a, our, our class, very international saxophone class, music class, with uh, well-known uh, teachers, Marie-Bea Benedicciarie and uh, Jean-Marie Landex. And we had a very musical and very friendship uh, time. And it was a, the whole atmosphere was so... For us, was so great and close. Everybody was looking for for something special: the instrument, the music, contemporary techniques, 
ideas, art and wine and uh, <laughs> culture and there was everything was so close that all, all, also we students we became closer and we some everybody took this from from this uh, time that he wanted to he could uh, take for everybody was different but everybody took a lot of things uh, with him i remember one thing that you used to do in our classes that used to drive uh, our teacher maribe absolutely crazy would be playing scales at the start of every lesson <laughs> and at the end of every scale you would always do a nice row with a little bit of vibrato. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no vibrato, no vibrato. She was always so strict with the, the technical aspects. And I can't help thinking that you were so drawn to making everything that you did expressive. All these years later, you're playing in a musical group, the Aliage Quintet, that really has made a feature of playing expressive music. And I can't help wonder if you were somehow drawn to being that kind of expressive saxophone player. Do you remember those conflicts? Yes, I, I remember well, and that th take me some time to do to don't do that. <laughs> the day arrived that I understood what was the goal of this technical sports, and then I could stop this and I could control this. But before I haven't done it that way and could not understand to play a note without musical interest. In my point of view, to start warming the warming up with scales and every time with the same like routine like clean your teeth i think the scales are not the best way to warm up when you look to all the sportsmen what they do they don't start with the uh, with a with a world record in 100 meters <laughs> for to warm up they just they make a little jogging they they look at the, all these muscles and the body is in could be function on, on what you want to do for you for for us we want to play a, a brass instrument we need air and we need to control the muscles so what's i think what's more important is to bring your body in 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 this shape and form to have the possibility to play to to make coming a real sound of your body and the instrument i think maybe the easiest is to to move the fingers uh, very complicated is of course the articulation etc but all this is just without breathing is nothing so what I've, i have for myself and the students is more uh, like breathing exercises or exercises for sound to relax and once you your you did your warm up then you can stay to play you you start to play some maybe some music and once you are you feel good with the instrument then you, you can work on your scales if you do the vibrato at the end it's <laughs> not nice it's, it could be nice but uh, uh, i would say no i i don't like it uh, <laughs> as well is there something that you practiced as a student that you still do today no 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 that's very interesting yeah so would you say that there's things that you do in order to learn an instrument and then there's things that you do in order to play an instrument i think it's, it's just because i changed my mind 
uh, when I started my first years with uh, my first teacher uh, in in Laszlo Dermoteur, uh we don't have this kind of warm up routines. We just we start this music. So that's what. And when you come to his uh, lesson, maybe you walked in at three for your lesson, and normally you uh, you have the lesson for thirty or forty five minutes, and when you go home, it's seven. So you know. <laughs> It was <laughs> a very, very nice. Uh, there was a lot of time. Once there, the, there was the moment. Okay, he said there's the next pupil comes. So go to another room and practice. I come, and then you practice, and then he come, and then wait. I in a half an hour you have another lesson. So you know, and with everybody it was a circulation. In these early years, we, I haven't know about the warm ups. <laughs> um, After the studies and my studies in Germany, um, of course, I practiced scales, etc. And then in France, it was more extremely uh, like the the method of uh, Londex, and then Marie Bay method. I think this is very close. Uh, and after, yes, I changed my mind. I, One thing I've noticed with your playing over the years is you seem drawn to the lower voices. Would you know what it is about the baritone saxophone or the low pitches that that you like? Is is it because you have a deep voice, or what is it? You know, everybody likes a different have different tastes. So I feel very well with uh, deep voices. I like a lot the the cello, and I liked a lot the, also the tenor saxophone. Of course, the baritone. This is the first. I don't know why. The, you know, when you play a, uh, a, a low A on the baritone and your eyes are moving as fast <laughs> as the, uh, the vibra vibration of the reed, then th this is a very... And your teeth and everything, your, everything is moving. And there's a little vibration. I like that. The vibration makes me feel good. Yeah, because the high notes... Uh, <laughs> they, they were, I played soprano. Sometimes I do, but I, I don't feel good as well. I was looking in your saxophone case before, and I, I noticed uh, your saxophone. It's not the shiniest, uh, latest, newest instrument. Uh, it looks like it's been with you for a long time. The instrument I started to play this instrument in 1986. Maybe it was 1985. And the saxophone and me, the Berton, we have uh, nearly the same age. Wow. So we are a very close couple. <laughs> <laughs> the saxophone is built up from metal. There's an alliage of different metals. And once the metal be it becomes to vibrate more and more and more, I think there's a relation about how you, how you blow in your instrument and how the instrument reacts. So, for example, I have tried instruments that I don't feel good because I have the feeling that it don't, don't, there's no a good vibes with the instrument. And there are other instruments that you, you feel good. And I feel, and this instrument and me and my body, we feel very uh, close together. I think that it becomes, after all these years, We became closer and closer because the way I blow, it makes the instrument, uh, it re the instrument reacts on how I blow in, 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 inside of it. I, uh, maybe it's uh, very stupid, but I, th I feel like this. It sounds more like a string player talking 
they're talking about the materials of the instrument, the way you play almost affects the metal. Yeah, there's an effect. Now, you mentioned this word alliage. Could you explain a little bit why your group is called the Alliage Quintet? The idea of this name of the group was from not from me, it's from uh, from Daniel. But it is a very, very good name, I think, uh, very close for that, what we want to do. Alliage, uh, the meaning of the combination of copper, zinc, and the French term is alliage. The group is also close combination of different characters, instruments, um, sounds, uh, ideas, uh, sex, uh, uh, and so, but very close. This uh, is a combination of uh, something different, but to be together. And when you listen to the to the recording or to the concert, hopefully you find that there's something they do really together. You're a founding member of Alliage. Have you have you found over time that the way that you and Daniel play together has evolved, or are you the kind of the foundation of the style of the group? What's it like playing with the same person in a group for so many years? Yes, this is uh, this is very important for a chamber music group to to know each other, and I think our playing are developed in the in the last years in different ways. And this the playing is also not only the playing, it's also the listening and the understanding. You can say this is um, when you make a musical phrase, you, you know, you can imagine which direction the other person you know want to take. But it's not only in the, on this level, it's also when you listen to a sound, you know which kind of sound, uh, you know the sounds, the different colors of a sound. And then you can you can play with it. This is interesting. Yeah, it's good. So, for example, for this for our tour in Australia with the Aliash Quintet and uh, Sabine Meyer, the pieces we play in every concert, we play in the same music. I think there's uh, ten concerts, and of course we played in Europe. We played often this program. Maybe there's a few pieces we change, but the music. We choose, uh, these are all transcriptions from orchestral pieces. The music is so good that the, the music motivates the whole group to perform for each concert something new. And this is, the real, this is real cool. So you played yesterday and today and you go, I, I, you don't feel when you go to on stage that you are going to play, ah, let's go, let's, we have to play now again the Stravinsky, oh no, this boring one. No, let's go, that's now, yeah, <laughs> very nice, oh, think on the third movement, yeah, not too fast, you know, there's, uh, yeah, yeah, a bit more, yeah, you know, <laughs> very, with, with enthusiasm, I would, I would say. Your program tonight in the concert is made up of transcriptions of music from other instruments. Is that a particular focus of your group? When we start uh, playing saxophone ensemble, uh, Daniel and me, we played a lot and maybe not whole, but the the very big, big part of the saxophone quartet program. Once we, we started, and we feel a little boring <laughs> with it, uh, 
except the contemporary music, which we, which in this this group we don't uh, focused on, but on the classical music. And um, once we started to play with uh, a piece with uh, piano and for saxophone, and after that we changed uh, our point of view of playing chamber music with saxophone. The piano gave us so much more possibilities that after a while we just decided to play only concert with piano and saxophone. And now in our program we're playing with piano and maybe they are not four saxophone, they are two. What we did also is uh, for, uh, only one saxophone, but this is very uh, around. Normally, we, we, smaller. We make the group smaller and bigger. Bigger with guests sometimes, like with uh, Sabine or with a violin or voice. And now the repertoire is chosen by us. We have concepts of uh, and musical ideas and works and... We, we do brainstorming and then we develop new programs. There's a very interesting point because the saxophone, the way of cla classical saxophone playing, the sound of the saxophone is a, has a little the character of a chameleon. So depends on what you want, you can change the color and you can be like another instrument. You will never be a flute or uh, a horn or a cello, but you can do an illusion that makes something different than... You You can change the color in different direction. Like with, with your voice, you can... Oh, oh, you can try different uh, things and also with the articulation, of course. This is a very important work in our rehearsal to find the way to play the transcription. Uh, we don't uh, take a music and we make a sight reading and the concert is... Uh, we, we are prepared for the concert. This is absolutely not the, the point. The point is that we are very... Uh, we, we try to... We know very well the, the original score and how the, the, the sound of the score the music, and then we we try to make something from old to new, but we want to conserve the uh, the musical idea uh, the most the most possible way with this small small group. Yeah, this is where we try to be serious, even if we are not so serious. <laughs> <laughs> You're now in Australia doing really quite a large tour with ten concerts. It seems that travel's an important part uh, of your activities for this group. How do you manage being away? And I know you have other uh, work that you do and you have a, a young family. How do you manage all of these activities? Uh, well, you know, this is not the funny part of, the, <laughs> of a tour. This is very complicated. Um, yeah, this is difficult. That's difficult for everybody who's on, on tour. You have to organize a lot of things. My wife, she's uh, also a musician, freelance uh, jazz violinist. So you can imagine that uh, we have often the situation that we have both to perform or to, to work at the same time. And then with the kids, it's not so easy. So, yeah, we try to do our, our best. 
Is there something else that you do outside of music? Outside of music? Yeah. Like... Uh, do you have a hobby? <laughs> like a hobby? <laughs> yeah, I'm interested in many things. I don't know. Uh, I, I can't spend so many time, but I'm interested in art, in literature, in people, maybe in philosoph philosophy. I don't do any sports or something. I, I tried to, to, to make jogging last year. <laughs> it was very, I liked it a lot, but I had a problem with the knee and I had to stop. But that was fun. That felt good. Is it true that uh, one of your hobbies is uh, drinking beer? <laughs> uh, no, that's not true. <laughs> this is not more... This is not a, a real hobby, but uh, I like good taste. That's right. If it's a, if a, uh, also uh, a beer uh, could be very nice after a concert. <laughs> What I found out that when I went to Australia 20 years ago, to compare it to today, today you can find maybe in every place you can find a very good beer. Very good. I enjoyed them. They have a very good uh, IPAs and pale ales, which I like a lot. Otherwise, the Australian wine... It's fantastic, especially the, the red one. Re really, very good. And good food, of course. I don't want to say that this hobby is wine and food. But <laughs> See, now the truth is taste. coming out. We're really getting to your, <laughs> how you spend your time. <laughs> you know, cooking is fine as well. You know, taste and, and living. What is music? M music is, um, in music, your, your ears are taking something. That could be also uh, nothing, and then there is something, but you are focused on something you do with your ears. So your body is very rich to to trying to understand more the world. Is improvising something that forms part of the music that you play, even if it's at home or within your group? Absolutely. Maybe, of course, with the Aliash Quintet now, the score is very clear and written. But in when you play your part, of course, you can decide this is a crescendo or this is ba 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 ba. You have to do this at this time. But there are certain freedom to, of course, of course that it's not improvisation, but you can do something with this material. You're not very free, but you can do something. Otherwise, for me, the improvisation in more contemporary is something very important for my, for my musical understanding, for myself, and also for my students. And uh, that's also something that I, that I do. Yeah. We talked about you being a student and we talked about your professional career. Another aspect to what you do is, of course, teaching. Have you found that you teach how you were taught or have you evolved your own style of teaching that you use with your students today? I'm thinking that my teaching changed a lot. My teaching is more personal, I would say. I have uh, things to say and I have things to give. I don't want to give things that will be not understood or misunderstood more. So I try to, to give that what I, the, what for me, for me is important to give to a pupil, to a student. It's more to know about music and what music is for you. It for me is very important that the music gives something to them. 
if the music does not give them, give something to the students or pupils, uh, I have to work on that they became interest in something. And this could be a second tenor part of pupils from a big band tune, which uh, the second tenor part of a big band tune is not uh, the most interesting, to, uh, uh, to a burial sequencer. And also the Hindemith Sonata. Mm. But there's a, there's a whole philosophy uh, behind um, musical techniques. I don't like the, uh, this very uh, limited technical playing. So there's something. And in, in this case, my teaching changed because when I start teaching, uh, I followed my, the program that I, from left and right, I put together to make this, this, and yeah, then you have to do this, and then you have to follow this, this, this. Um, I don't think that this is a musical thinking. M music is uh, individual and personal. The combination is uh, difficult and I'm, uh, I'm sure that I'm on the way to search to find a good way. I haven't found yet. That's a pity, but I'm still searching. <laughs> so if you just had one piece of music that you could play from now on, what piece of music would that be? It will be an improvisation, I think. If you just had one hour to practice, yeah. how would you spend that hour? Low notes. <laughs> <laughs> Low notes and uh, some uh, distortions, right? In your mind, who has been one of the biggest contributors to the saxophone? I don't know if there's only one, but it, I think there's in classical thinking, this from, from French school, this is uh, Jean-Marie Landex. Also, the, without Sigurd Russia, we don't have all this repertoire. And we don't want to miss Marcel Mühl. <laughs> but otherwise, when you listen to John Coltrane, this is uh, something maybe is uh, for the saxophone uh, more important. What is it about John Coltrane? To developing a complete changement of, 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 of saxophone playing from the beginning, from the, when you listen to the early Coltrane, and then to the last, the way to to blow in the instrument and what what's coming out this is uh, that's uh, that's incredible do you make use of technology in your day-to-day -day musical activities or do you find yourself stepping away from technology i think i'm i'm using uh mp drive player and ipods for listening and in teaching, you can swap very fast to a recording on YouTube just for a minute. And you can find on, on internet for just like in the masterclass the other day in, in Brisbane, there was a girl playing from a, a part of the Courant from Bach Cello Sonata. And it was a transcription by somebody. And I asked her, have you ever seen the original? She searched on the internet. I asked her to, to search, to find it very, very quick. You can find. And there was the, the autograph. And then when you look at the autograph, and it was after five minutes, no? very fast technology today, fantastic. And we look at the transcription and the original, 
my God, this is nothing to do with. <laughs> nothing to do. Everything is put in, this transcription, dynamics, articulation, uh, tonality. Oh. So after that, you, you, you play different. No? Uh, that's a, a very good. Do you think that students are distracted by technology? Is it, is, does it interrupt practice now? Is it, does it get in the way? Or in the sense you just described, it's very helpful? Yeah, I think they are both sides always. When, when you start to interrupt your work with uh, just a message and then all this concentration break down and you're not focused on, on something and that's really bad. So you, you lose your focus, your concentration. So you have to, to make a decision when you work on something to don't be in touch so much with something, social media or something around you. If we learn from our mistakes, is it okay to make mistakes? Of course. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's not, it don't feel good to make mixed mistakes. Uh, and uh, we all, we know all our mistakes and uh, it's not so nice to think on the mistakes, but they're important to make a changement or important to make the next mistake to make uh, it better then. Tonight you're performing a recital in front of perhaps a thousand people. Is there something specific that you do before a performance that will help you play at your best? Yes, I, I do uh, <laughs> some uh, breathing exercises. I'm, I, yeah, demonstration on, on, the, on the podcast is, is difficult. <laughs> but then uh, I have some. What happens if you don't do that? How does it affect your playing? This is uh, just to, to make um, the body, to make my muscles, especially the, uh, all around the belly and under, over, etc. If they are not active, of course I can play, but it, it, there's uh, no, not uh, the sound that I, uh, uh, I want to play. Is there something that you do in order to memorize music that you'd like to explain? If I can sing, I can play. I'm not a good singer, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when, I, when I close to my instrument, and then uh, when you came from a holiday, you're not so close to, to your instrument. But when you're close to your instrument... Could you give your younger self a piece of advice that you would have liked to have heard when you were just starting out? This is a very good question. There's uh, not a long time. I was thinking in different, in other cases, I was thinking on this idea, not only about the saxophone. The answer is also not, not so easy, but I would say two things. One is breathing and the importantness of it, which is the, a good way to work on and not only like, uh, do this or just uh, contract the muscle, well, there's something more. And the other is uh, phrasing. Every style of music has its own phrasing, but there's still a phrasing. So, and the worst case in music is without phrasing. When you listen to a singer, there's always uh, something they have. If there's not a vocalist, you have words and if it's good music, there's words, you know, there's something to tell, so something like story behind the, the music. And so the way you can 
tell something to so to somebody can make this somebody to understand helpful to understand or to misunderstand or to understand nothing for every note you play you have to find the way and without breathing this is not possible what are some of the changes that you've seen in the saxophone during your career and what are some of the things that have stayed the same i think the the level is much higher than years ago students there are so many very good students musically technically they are very fine players they are very good teachers uh, around the world so this is uh, this developed a lot i think in this uh, classical saxophone what i think uh, <laughs> and this sounds maybe a little bad <laughs> um, but i understand uh, on the other hand i can under understand um, what i found what's not changed is a bad taste <laughs> bad taste in choosing music for me you know it's also okay to have sometimes a bad taste of course when you are a student you like other things than when you're an old man so or, or woman so of course your, your taste changed hopefully your taste changed <laughs> otherwise i remember people who their taste doesn't change that's a pity but normally it changed so that is good to make your development and even if you have a best taste when you're a student you can develop to a good taste <laughs> the good taste is not only mine i'm not sure about mine but that's just in my point of view how important has recording been to you as a musician at first i prefer to to play concerts of course but to play a concert you have to to find a concert and to find a concert you need a recording <laughs> so you have to do a recording and uh, if you want to promote a new tour or new concerts or something you have to present something you want to do so what do you need is a recording so you have to do that otherwise the the cd and the the record market is really changing with all these spotify and youtube youtube things they are um, younger people they don't buy cds so they have the music from the internet i understand i also i listen to music from the internet no but uh, i remember the time where we uh, i went into a record shop which the the black thing <laughs> the turns very slowly <laughs> of 33 i like to to grab to grab and take a, uh, a record i like also the which sound distortion yeah not really <laughs> a few a few years ago uh, i i bought a new record player yeah it's, it's good to have one it's a it's a different is there a recent project that you've been working on that is finishing up soon that you'd like to tell us about Uh, no this is uh, there's uh, something but uh, i don't want to tell you uh, now it's not uh, finished very soon uh, you have to 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 wait a little bit more we have to wait yes we'll, i will tell you where's the best place people can touch base with your activities the best place is to call me <laughs> and the phone number no, the phone number no, no. <laughs> i have a, a, a website which is there's a, not much information less, less information but it's not so, so much But there is one, and there's also an email from the group we are playing to from the Aliash Quintet. There's a website, 
there are, now we are doing a lot a lot of concerts there's uh, in social media as i uh, said be be before um i was asked to to use uh, instagram so i'm <laughs> i'm on instagram i just started that just before this australian tour and uh, there are a few photos uh, that i put on it is funny for me Now you've had decades of involvement with music and you're making an incredible contribution to the saxophone. What do you see as being the next thing for you over the next 10, 20 years? What would you like to see happen? Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm searching. Uh, me, I'm interested in, in uh, more in something I didn't so much at the work with electronics, to work uh, on the combination with uh, an acoustic instrument and electronic. Sebastian, yeah. thanks very much for our conversation today. And I think now You're it's welcome. time to go and indulge in one of our hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> the next hobby is the concert. After that, we go to the, <laughs> maybe to the after, wine. <laughs> maybe after the concert. <laughs> thanks very much. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> thanks to you. Just before you go, a quick reminder to let you know that show notes, any links, and a full text transcript are also available. It would mean a lot to me if you could leave a review for the show by visiting barrysacks.com forward slash iTunes. You can subscribe for a new episode each week. And thanks again for joining me and my guests on Barry Zach's show.